This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next, it's Liberty Now On Air, discussions from a libertarian perspective. Kia and welcome to episode number three of Liberty Now. I'm your host, John Bird. Thank you for stopping by. This is the show where we believe in common sense. We seek the truth and can think for ourselves. I'll be here every Saturday at 10 p.m. to chat with you about stuff that matters to you and me and everyone we know. We'll be following the stories behind the headlines, asking questions, and talking to people who are taking action. Today, we're going to talk about cryptocurrencies. We've all heard about them, but how well do you understand them? Are they a legitimate currency? And what do they have to do with our liberties? In a moment, we'll talk with my buddy Oliver St. John here in studio. He knows a lot more about crypto than I do, so really looking forward to having a chat. Welcome to the show. Cheers, John. Good <laughs> happy, to be here. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming in. No problem. Um, so, Oliver, tell me a little bit about um, your your interest. Well, tell me a little bit about you, anything you want to say about uh, your background or how you came to be interested in cryptocurrencies. Um, well, John, I worked in London and um, Sydney for investment banks and sort of understand the system a wee bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I heard about cryptocurrencies about three years ago and was sort of following it. And then two year, years ago, I took the plunge and actually um, bought some Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. Cool. And uh, well, over the last two years, um, it's increased in value a bit? It's gone up right? um, about 600% in the 600%. last two years. It's it's interesting. As a currency, you don't see... Um, cash or, you know, um, when money used to be on the gold standard, uh, increasing in value or changing that dramatically, hey? Well, that's why I sort of invested, because um, all around the world, governments are printing massive amounts of money, mm -hmm. and Bitcoin especially has a limited supply. Right, as um, as our, our currency used to when we uh, were at the, on the gold standard. Yes. Um, and, and we've been the, well, globally, I guess. Um, we've been off the gold standard since... 1971. 71. Uh, Nixon took us off the gold standard. Yeah. Um, and that's allowed for some interesting effects um, economically. Huge inflation and loss of purchasing power in fiat currencies. Uh, so you're saying it hasn't benefited 
the general public? <laughs> well, it has. If you look around, everyone's sort of wealthier. Um, but at some point, I think fiat currencies will lose their value. Okay. When, yeah. What do you mean by fiat currency? Let's talk about that definition. Fiat is when um, a currency is printed and it's not backed by gold or anything of hard value. Yes. And um, that brings me to a question about, um, tell me a little bit about what you know about the, the Federal Reserve in the, the U.S. And I bring that up because um, the, the U.S. dollar is sort of sets the standard for global currencies, doesn't it? Is that right? The U.S. is the reserve currency, which is a big um, bonus for any country. And my way of thinking of is they've actually abused that privilege. Yes. And I, I think agree. the problem is other countries getting sick of it. And at some point, people will reject the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency. Um, perhaps, hence your interest in cryptocurrencies. Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. Okay. Tell me a little bit about, uh, let's let's go backtrack a little bit. What do you know about the Federal Reserve? Um, it came into being in 1913, and it's actually six of the top banking families actually run it. It's not federal, and they've got no reserves. It's a uh, private bank. Basically, yeah. And this is where the U.S. gets its currency from or printed. Yes, right? it lends it to the um, population on at interest. So you're saying that the federal government has to borrow its currency or when it wants more money from private banks? Yes, and I think every government around the world is the same. That doesn't sound like um, it's in the best interest of the uh the federal government, or why, why would they allow that? Why would they have to borrow money when they should own it or print their own? It's a good question, John. Um, <laughs> been trying to work that out. So, so that means they borrow it at interest. Yes. So that puts the uh, taxpayers Which for, for something that they print out of nothing. Out of nothing. Yeah. And and so that puts the taxpayer on the hook to uh, for the interest. Sort of like collateral on that loan. So that's another form of their control over the general public. Yes, interesting. So it's not a very fair system. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you recall the quote, um, he who controls the money controls the world. Yes, yes, I have heard yeah. it. Who, who, who said uh, that? Uh, Mr. Rothschild. Mr. Rothschild, interesting. Yeah. Um, so... I guess, uh, why was the Federal Reserve created? For that reason. I think it's sort of a control mechanism. Um, and obviously, if you can print money, you can buy any corporation, you can buy politicians, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and at present, just, money printing is just off the scale because of the COVID thing. And Yeah, it has been. Uh, so that, at some stage, money, fiat money, will lose value. So things like gold, silver, cryptos will increase, especially Bitcoin because it's got a limited supply. Yeah, I, I want to get into um, how that works. Um, but uh, before we jump into that, what, uh, now what what is the petrodollar we hear about? Um, Nixon did a deal with Saudi Arabia that all the oil would be purchased using U.S. dollars. Okay, so that's that's tied into so instead um, of a gold back standard, they've got sort of got a petrol back standard. 
Uh, but that's sort of breaking down as a lot of countries are not dealing in the US dollar. Right. Yeah, so there's a bit of kickback from other countries. Interesting. That could be a topic for another show. Yeah. Um, so cryptocurrencies, a brief history. Um, where did they come from? Where did they originate? Um, they started in about 2009 by a very mysterious man called Satoshi Nakamoto. No one ever knows who he is. Um, hmm. So it was sort of started in the cyberpunk hacking community early on, and you could have bought it for like a dollar or two. Um, and then it just sort of, it's the perfect sort of money. Yeah. So how did word get out about it um, if we don't know who, who it was? What, what, what were like sort of the channels that people found out about it? Through? Just early adopters, hackers, um, cyberpunk sort of community, and then just expanded. Kind of word of mouth. Word of mouth, yeah. Yeah. And um, so how, how does cryptocurrency work? Um, it works on a thing called a blockchain, which is a distributed ledger. This is like an encryption yes, sort of mechanism. And people will actually mine the coins and they get rewarded for mining them with um, these coins. So m mining is what sort of limits it uh, yeah. in a similar way that you might mine physical gold. Sort it? of thing, yes. Um, recently they had a halving and they only could produce six coins every 10 minutes. Was this an artificial limit that was set yeah. intentionally? So there's only 21 million coins ever to be produced. I think 18 million have been produced so far. And within 100 years, there'll be no more coins produced. And every four years, they have a halving. Oh. So in four years, they'll have three and a half coins produced every 10 minutes. Okay. So there's been a sort of, um, I don't know, I don't want to say arbitrary limit, but there's been a set limit to uh, and a set time frame when the, yes. they will end. Um, so as more coins are produced, that's it produces an effect. Is that kind of like inflation? It, it keeps the value down or does it increase the value? Yeah, more? it's like a natural inflation. I'm not sure of the exact figure. Sort um, of organic. Yeah, organic inflation. Okay. But at some point uh, when that, that limit is reached, 21, 21 million. Yeah. 21 million coins. Um, then that's been established. Is is that just with Bitcoin or with all cryptocurrencies? Because I understand there are there are other ones. Um, I'm, I mainly know about Bitcoin, um, but there are other coins: Ethereum, XRP, Chainlink. Chainlink's the one that um, it's called an oracle that actually you can talk via the blockchain to things like the share market or banks or anything like that. It's quite a huge ecosystem. It's actually quite interesting to um, for the listeners to do their own research on these sort of, sort of things. Yes, and I definitely encourage people to do their own research, especially when it comes to, um, you know, financial things that might involve their own money the, before you invest in anything. Um, that's uh, part of why I've been hesitating, because I, I don't completely understand it. Um, and looking at it at, at something that uh, fluctuates in value so wildly, um, is that something that's a viable replacement for um, traditional currency, or is it something that would maybe supplement your other investments? Would you look at it more like um, investing in the stock market, or would you look at it more like a, a bank account replacement? Oh, it's like a digital gold is a good Digital gold, okay. Yeah. 
Okay. So at the moment, a lot of billionaire hedge fund um, people are sort of buying into it with a long-term view. Okay. Because interest rates are so low, there's no return in the bank. Right. And this is sort of a natural hedge. Right. So um, looking forward then to that eventual limitation of 21 million Bitcoins uh, in the case of Bitcoin, um, what, what do you expect will happen when that Limited has been reached. Not for 100 years. 100 years. Oh, yeah, okay. but um, some people are saying $100,000 per coin this year and a million within 10 years because of the limited supply of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, right, which is, I think, smart. Obviously, for something to have value, it has to have some kind of limited availability, right? Yes, and also Bitcoin can be broken into um, Satoshis. Satoshi, ah, oh, oh, yeah, named after the the, man the, that crea- the creator, creator, yep, whose name, we, as far as we know, that's his real name. So there are a million satoshis <laughs> in a bitcoin. Okay, yeah. so it can be broken down um, yes. in the way currencies currently are into into fractions. Um, okay, um, so I, I guess we touched on this a little bit, but what motivated the creation of cryptocurrencies in your mind? I think this is a tool to have a fairer um, currency system. As an answer, do you think this to, is... As an answer to the money, the fiat money printing. Right. Yeah. When we decoupled from the gold yeah. or precious metals, then um, it's... Uh, yeah. So it's, so you you feel it's uh, a fair system? Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, long-term prospects for cryptocurrencies, uh, what do you think? Will they... Uh, replace fiat currency, or do you think we'll have some other sort of uh, currency created in the meanwhile? Well, all the um, reserve banks want to create their own digital currency. I think fiat currency, the paper currency, is sort of going the way of the dodo. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good part of it, I think. Yeah, okay. Keep sort of people honest. Um, which raises another question about if uh, the big banks who created the Federal Reserve to begin with are the ones who are wanting to promote their own uh, cryptocurrency, um, aren't we back where we started all over again? Well, I don't think the one would ever take off because they're sort of behind the ball a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, they're sort of playing catch up. What would they offer the average consumer that, say, uh, Bitcoin doesn't? Would, would they sell it with as having more security or... Um, Stability. Well, for me, it's just another fiat currency. Yeah. It, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Fair enough. And um, so, do you think it will be as uh, as stable as currencies? As you said, you you see it as an investment in gold, like a sort of a, a virtual precious metal. Do you think it will stabilize to be uh, considered useful as as a currency in and of itself? I think it'll be more of a store of value, but there are other, um, there's another cryptocurrency called XRP, which will be the um, transactional currency. So is, is that like a stock exchange sort of for cryptos? Or? Um, no, it's like a sort of a, you could sort of, it's a fast um, way of transferring money. It's actually going to replace the SWIFT, um, you know, the SWIFT system. So uh, is that like the wallets I hear about? Uh, where you can sort of store and use yep, cryptocurrencies you can have a, um, in the marketplace. No, a bit different. It's actually a currency. Um, oh, is, okay, but you wouldn't probably wouldn't use Bitcoin for currency. More of a store of value. Okay, and it's a lot slower. Um, 
but there's other things like XRP and Theta, which can be used for the actual transactions. Transactions, or? yeah. Okay, so it, it's it needs some sort of uh, exchange or or a hop off point from the. Well, it doesn't actually need an exchange because it's person to person as well, which is which is another good thing. Oh, okay. You don't you need you don't need a bank or. Would this require uh, an app to to use it? Yes. Yes. Would this be a universal? Or even an email. You could attach a software program to an email and then you could send money to UK or Fiji or anything like that. Okay. Would this allow for um, third parties to sort of uh, tap into the system? In other words, is XRP, is this sort of like a, a protocol or is this a proprietary um, software or something that, that somebody has control of? XRP, there's more control. Um, Bitcoin, it's uh, decentralized, so no one controls it. Right. So I suppose uh, if if it became corrupted, you know, you'd still have your value in the Bitcoin yes. as, as the store of value. Yes. Um, there would be another way of exchanging or spending the Bitcoin that, yeah. that came up if that one yeah. fell by the wayside. Okay. It's a distributed ledger, so it's always updating itself, it's sort of. That, that actually is a protocol network. Okay. Um, here's a question. Would cryptocurrencies work without electricity? No. Or internet? <laughs> <laughs> um, so in, a, I don't know, if there were like a, an EMP or a, a sunburst or something that... that blew out uh, power lines or, or networks for an extended period of time, um, I guess cryptocurrencies would be vulnerable True. to that. They, they would be. Do, do you see any sort of, in the future, uh, a sort of offline method of uh, distributing cryptocurrencies or, or storing them, say, on, um, you know, if you had local electricity, say, the, the, the network or the internet was out, but... Could you carry a, an electronic key, like a USB key or something like we that? We can have a software um, app that holds holds them, or, or most people have a thing called a ledger, which actually is offline. Okay. So it's, it's like a USB sort of stick uh, with encryption, which holds your um, Bitcoins. So it can be stored offline? Yes. Um, and it, would there be a, a way to retrieve that, say, the, the physical thing was damaged, would that be just like currency? If you burned a stack of $100 bills, they'd be gone? Or No, you've got a... There'd um, be a record somewhere. No, there's no record. But you've got a password um, key where you can reinstate um, whatever you had on that USB stick, on that ledger. Okay. If you're just tuning in, this is John Verd on Liberty Now On Air, a weekly broadcast slash podcast on 96.9 Plains FM. If you'd like to hear more, head over to libertynow.com, where you can also get the links, files, and show notes for this episode. And if you care about liberty as much as I do, if you want to take action, please share it. You can also email me at johnverd at libertynow.com. Okay, we're back with Oliver St. John, who's been educating us about cryptocurrencies. Very interesting stuff, Oliver. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you, John. Uh, so that all leads to a couple of questions, you know, for people who are curious, um, how, how do you get 
Bitcoin or, or another cryptocurrency? You can go to, um, in New Zealand. There's a good company called EasyCrypto.New Zealand, and you can um, set up a bank account to be a trader or purchase them to put on a ledger, um, cash out if you want to sell. So you can uh, you can invest in it, but you can also, like, say the the value has gone up, you can cash it out and, and get more fiat currency, or you could buy gold or whatever you want exactly. to do in, in exactly. real world. Okay. Exactly. Um, are, is it easy to do, or or are there only limited places where you can uh, cash it out? I guess you could cash it out if it's tied to a bank account. I yeah, you tie it back to your bank account, and you get the money deposited in your bank account. But it is a very uh, volatile thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just basically holding for the long term. When you say volatile, you mean in terms of the the value fluctuating? Well, the other day it went down sort of thirty percent in two days. So it's oh, for, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. But um, right, <laughs> yeah. And there's a term we use called hodl, which is hold on for dear life. So <laughs> right, you're in it for the long haul. Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, so, say you've got some uh, cryptocurrency. Um, you, you, as you say, you can cash it out. Can you buy stuff with it directly? Or um, I think PayPal in America have introduced this. I haven't really looked into buying anything, as I just want to sort of hodl uh, for yeah. maybe two or three years. Yeah. Nice. Interesting. Um, so if anybody has questions about uh, cryptocurrencies for Oliver, you can email me and I will pass them on. Uh, you can email me at john at libertynow.com. And uh, before we go, Oliver, I just had a couple questions for you. Um, what, what sort of uh, woke you up to maybe looking behind the scenes or how things operate um, initially? Well, in 2008, I lost my job at Citigroup in Sydney and I started investigating the financial system. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just this fiat money system and Federal Reserve and, yeah, you know, knocked back by anything. Where, where do you think it's all headed? Um, how How is it going to affect civilization in general terms in, in your research? Well, at some stage, I think people will move back to hard assets um, and people will reject the US dollar as being the reserve currency which will have huge ramifications. Yeah, it does look, there, there's a lot of things um, in flux right now, aren't there? Mm. <laughs> Worldwide. Um, but tell me some of the books that have made some of the biggest impact on you. Any any recommended reading? Um, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube, sort of the Kaiser Report. Um, there's a lot of people that follow the gold and silver market. Kaiser Report, is that K-A-I-S? I-S-E-R. He's on RT, um, and he was an early investor in Bitcoin. He got like $100, and he hasn't sold uh, one Satoshi. Yeah. So he's a very rich man. Oh, yeah. And he also bought a, uh, a ton of silver and uses that as his kitchen table. But that's <laughs> he's a fun guy to listen to. Nice. Okay, I'll check that out. And uh, any any alternative uh, news sites besides uh, Kaiser Report that you would recommend to people? Just kind of digging, doing their own research, looking for the truth. Um, I love Zero Hedge. Zero, Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge dot mm-hmm. It's um, sort of a libertarian, free speech sort of website. Excellent. Yeah, um, I've seen some good articles on there as well. Who would you say has had the biggest influence on your life, Oliver? Probably my uncle. Your uncle? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Great. 
Well, um, I'll make a, a quick recommendation myself, too, for uh, fans of steampunk, a related fiction book, um, which actually incorporates a lot of actual history, is a book called Cryptonomicon by Neil Stevenson. It's a very interesting read. It's uh, it's a pretty funny book, but it, it actually does incorporate a lot of real-world historical events, and it is sort of related to this this idea, although it is fiction. It's, it's very interesting. Give you some uh, good fodder for thought. Uh, so in closing, I'd just like to say thank you again to Oliver for coming in. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, be good and keep asking questions. <laughs>